I'm Amy Lettingham. I'm a master certified dating and relationship coach. And I'm Kevin Lettingham, Amy's husband and a former reality and docuseries TV producer director. And together we want to welcome you to Sex, Love, and Mindful Dating. In this episode, we're going to be talking first dates, the ones that so many of us love to hate. Amy and I are going to break down our fateful first date, as well as tell you some fun and maybe not so fun stories from our experiences back when we were single. We're also going to bring you valuable information and first date strategies that will help you find lasting love, pulled directly from my conscious dating program. Information that includes everything from where to go on first dates, what kind of questions to ask, how to safely date, and most importantly, how to position yourself to get that second date that will launch you to your happily ever after. And if your goal is to find lasting love, my conscious dating programs help you do just that. We do it through breaking your unhealthy dating beliefs, attitudes, patterns, and through my online dating courses, group coaching, and personal one-on-one virtual coaching, I can help you. Contact me at amythedatingcoach.com, that's A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com, and mention the podcast to receive a special offer. All right, before we begin, let me start by recapping a little of what happened last week uh, in that Amy and I are on our way to our first date, but a first date that almost didn't happen because... I canceled it. (laughs) Amy canceled the date uh, a few hours before. So this is important because as I'm on our way to this first date, I am kind of annoyed because she canceled it and then called me back and said, okay, do you want to meet after all? You said yes. I did say yes. So you held a grudge while you were saying yes, driving down. Why did you even go on the date with me? Well, because I figured, all right, I have nothing to lose. The worst that can happen is it'll be another bad date. Okay. So you're kind of like, this is probably going to be a bad date. 100%. Yes. I thought you were nuts. I thought... Nah, 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 nah. You married me. I know. I know. (laughs) You plan, God laughs. That's the rule. (laughs) I thought it was going to be another crappy date, and uh, it turned out to be uh, 10 years later as we're doing this podcast from that date. Yes. So basically, uh, we are going to meet at a hotel downtown, not for sex, by the way. There is another part of hotels that you can meet at. Yes, it's my actual date hotel. It's the Hotel Fig. So this is in Los Angeles. Yeah, and there's like this beautiful Mediterranean like garden and there's a pool and they have like those bohemian pillows sitting around. And it's really romantic, I think, as a, a setting. And they have a really good happy hour. (laughs) It was after work uh, midweek, I think. It was like a Tuesday or Wednesday, I think we were meeting. And so when I do finally arrive uh, at the Hotel Fig, we're outside, and you're actually sitting there waiting for me, but I wasn't late. No, you weren't late. I got there early. You were there early, scouting the place out. Yep, making sure I get the best seat. We did know what each other looked like because of the pictures online. Yeah. I should point out again, for those didn't hear the last episode, we met online. And uh, then we sat down and wanted, do you remember what yeah, it was like? I remember your grandpa shoes. <laughs> My grandpa shoes. Okay. They were like these white tennies. And I'm like, oh, this is something like an old retired guy. <laughs> First of all, they were like running shoes. They were not grandpa shoes. They were running shoes. And I had just come from work and they're very comfortable. So 
But then I also remembered your cute smile and your beautiful blue eyes. I remember going, ooh, he's cutie. <laughs> I can fix the shoes. That's right. All right. That's true. You could fix the shoes, but you could not fix how annoyed I was when I sat down. No, you sat down with your arms crossed. I was doing exactly what we're going to teach you later not to do on a first date. And then you, your back was like far away from me. Yeah, my body language was still, she's nuts. So again, you canceled the date. It was like, this is the kind of thing that teaches you something about someone who cancels a date and then calls back later and says, I lied. I'm going to now, I would like to go out with you again. Who says yes? <laughs> a guy who's willing to put up with uh, a lot, obviously. Well, no, it was funny because like you're, you were just, you could tell that you were annoyed. And then I apologized again. You weren't really opening up. I don't know what I did or what happened. I, I will say this. I'm someone who pays attention a lot to what people say and how they say it. And you are authentic about what happened. You owned it. You didn't sugarcoat it. And everything you were saying kind of matched. And I was looking for the crazy to come out. And yeah. I didn't see the crazy. I didn't see the person who canceled the date because she's wishy-washy and she's got issues. I saw a person who generally canceled the date for the reasons you told me. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah. And then slowly as we peeled back the curtain, I could see that, okay, she's kind of cool. Yeah, we were talking about so many things we had in common. One of the things that um, you shared with me is, you know, your first documentary you ever made was uh, you were in Thailand and you even lived with in the temple with monks. And I yeah. just was so it blew my mind. Like I was like, oh, my gosh, I would love to like and I I would love to ex have experienced something like that. And I so <laughs> I don't know why I'm tearing up here. I respect you so much in like how you lived your life. It's maybe some of the things that I never got to do. But I think as I um, was talking more and more with you, Thailand became a big part of my life. And so we kind of had this like massive connection. Because you had traveled there recently. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, all my life I was always taught, go to school, do the next step and all those things. And to meet somebody that had so much freedom, I just, it, it was really exciting, like to be in your mind and talk to you. So why are you so emotional though? I'm emotional because I went out with all these guys that were such douchebags. Excuse my language. They were just like so selfish, self-centered, narcissistic. And here's this guy I'm sitting next to telling me that he flew back to Thailand so he, to make a documentary and to help his friend get a job. And this, by the way, it's called Refugee and Me. Okay. And I was just so impressed. I'm like, wow, that's a good human being. And for me, I know you were in sales at the time and you were kind of corporate, but the way you spoke, you spoke the language of someone who wanted to learn, someone who was inquisitive about the world, who was open. I loved that. You were confident and you were all those things that I wanted in someone I was dating. So as you talked more about your experiences, I started to soften and started to go, okay, you know, I, I think I should give her a chance because... We started off on the wrong foot by the cancellation of the date. And then it just seemed to me like we had a lot in common. Yes. 
eventually uh, you asked me if I was hungry uh, <laughs> and I was starving and we did eat uh, some chips and we kept talking more and you were telling me history. I'm going to pause you. I'm going to pause you really quick. When I asked you, you were hungry, if you were hungry, because you could have ordered food there, but there were chips there that we ended up getting and you said no. This was, I, I wasn't completely thawed yet. I wasn't ready to sit down and even break bread with you because I was still kind of pissed. Really? Yeah. I remember it took 30, 45 minutes before I was like, okay, now I'm starting to, to see, see You're what like, she's about. I'm not going to invest in this girl unless she's like a good person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to talk later about the amount of time you spend with someone on a first date, but... You know, I wasn't going to feign interest if it wasn't going to work. We were talking about a short date to begin with. We were talking about let's get together for 30 minutes. That's the key. Honestly, I think most of us, we play too hard on the dinner um, for the first date. And then you're like trapped for like a couple hours. So I think it's good like to just meet up at a location, have like 30 minutes to see if there's a connection and see where it goes. I was so interested in you and I was also so hungry that I said, you want to go get a steak or a hamburger or something. And we left there and went out for dinner. Totally not planned. Yeah. Yeah. After that, we had a wonderful dinner. And at the end of that dinner, I knew I was going to go out with you again. And I I think I asked you out almost immediately. I said, we'll do this again at the end of the date. Yes. You asked me out again and you're like, when are you free? And we set up a second date. Yeah. For that week, I think. Yeah. Actually, every time we ended a date, you would always set up a next date. Yeah, no, I was absolutely interested in you. Uh, We did go on a second date and eventually led to a third date, which led to a proposal, which led to a wedding, which led to a podcast. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about my free ebook, Five Dating Traps to Avoid. It gives you tips to avoid all the traps that make your heart break. So go to amythedatingcoach.com. And that's spelled A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. We are uh, now going to talk about first dates in general and some of the strategies that you have in your program. And and then we'll also talk a little about some of our our best and worst of of dates uh, looking back when we were single. So let's talk about first date mindset, because I think it's super important how you go into a first date. So can you talk about that? I think the first thing is to have a positive attitude and be a happy single. I mean, I remember when I was single and I was struggling with all these bad dates, I started doing personal development and reading books, going to seminars, doing a lot of things that my clients are doing. And one of the things that shifted in me was in order for me to have a positive attitude, I need to be happy about my own life and myself. And that way, when I met you, I wasn't desperate for a relationship. My life was already good. I was just looking for someone to add value to it. And that's the attitude you want when you're going into dating. That way you don't get show desperation. You're not filling a void. You're not having someone complete you. You're already complete. Yeah, I could always tell when, when a girl felt desperate and that really turned me off. And, and just because you're positive and bubbly, which is good, you should have that. It's like you still could sometimes feel when someone's not authentic about it. So I think the mindset also, I think you gotta be truly authentic, which you were. 
I also think it's like when you, and I dated guys like this too. So my question to you is like, when you date a woman, that's always a yes woman to everything that you say, you almost feel like, am I getting the real you? Cause you can't be just like me a hundred percent. Right. No, you, you always wanted somebody that would challenge you. That's something that I wanted. I wanted someone that would challenge me, but I didn't want a contrarian either. No. You want someone who's thoughtful and still has a, a backbone and will, you know, say things that are on their mind, even if they're maybe not the thing that will attract you. Another thing that's kind of important is I think expectations. Expectations are killer. One great thing about the way I went into that date, I had super low expectations. I was still going through it and I'm going to, I'm going to give it my all. Even if I did come off a little bit standoffish, I was still all in at that point. It was just your, the onus was on you to prove that you, someone who cancels a date and then reschedules isn't like wishy-washy and crazy. So I, but my attitude was like, let's give her a chance still. Yeah. And I think that is, Number two, as far as tips, is letting go of attachment and outcomes. Because I had a mentor say to me one time that was really fantastic. He's like, you can go to an event and the speaker would be horrible and you could still learn something from that event. Yep. I used to do that on every date. I used to be like, I'm going to learn something. So I can't tell you how many first dates I'd go on and Right when I sat down, I'm like, I'm done. She's not a girl I want to date. She's not a girl I want to have sex with. She's not a girl I want to be friends with. I knew almost immediately. But I would be like, you know what? Let me learn something from her. Maybe she's got some interesting information about her career, travel, something. I always had fun. I'm going to make the best of it. Even if I knew I wasn't going to get a second date. Well, I actually... As you said, I worked in sales during that time. I would look at each person as just an opportunity to make connections. And whether it was going to be more than uh, a friendship or it could be a possible client, which actually happened a couple of times, or it could be somebody that I will date, you know? Um, I remember a guy I went to date with, him and I knew we're like, we're not right for each other, but I have a friend that would be perfect for you, as I said to him. And then I said, why don't we swap and <laughs> introduce each <laughs> no other way. to each other's friends? And um, I'm not going to say his name. He's still like a friend in my Facebook. We introduced each other and he was dating my friend. I was dating his. So it opened our circles uh, up a lot. And it's a good way to meet new people. Yeah. And I, I think if more people listening to this would go in with that attitude, like, just because you go on a first date that doesn't go to a second date, that you can't learn something and come away with something. Exactly. So important. Let's change gears and talk about where to go on dates. I know there, for the women out there, sometimes they leave it up to the man to choose. But for your clients, what do you recommend they do in terms of the location? Because it really can have an effect on your, your date. Yeah, I'm going to give two-part answer here. One, if you're meeting online, and you're meeting them in person for the first time, do a 30-minute meetup. That could be a coffee shop. That could be a bar and restaurant. Just have a cocktail. And then make sure you have a, an out. Like you're not going to spend your whole entire night with them. Don't do a, a sit-down dinner and a movie on the very first day. No. What I used to do is I would plan my life <laughs> first. I'd be like, I'm going to go to the museum. 
uh, or I'm going to go to an event and then I put a date right before it. And so that way, even when the date didn't work out, I would be at the location to go do the things that I wanted to do. And if the date did work out, I would invite them along and go, do you want to go check out the museum with me? You know, so either way, it was a win-win for me. And I think most people, they don't strategically look at dating that way. And they end up getting really frustrated when things don't work out, when they kind of planned it around their life and brought themselves joy. I totally agree. Ours started off, it was going to be a 30-minute meetup, mm-hmm. short and sweet, have a drink and then leave. And it led to more. But our expectations were set up to be, let's do something short, just say hello to yep. each other. And then if it doesn't work out, you're not hurting each other's feelings. Yeah. You're not You're not in a bad situation. You're just like, okay, well, the date's over. We'll talk later. Yeah. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's good. And for if, if you're meeting someone that you have a relationship with, like they're a friend of a friend or a, a, a coworker or whatever it is, then. Then I actually think it'd be a great uh, activity date. You know, there has been studies that if you do things that are intense with like a lot of, I guess, adrenaline, mm-hmm. it causes a bond between you and uh, the partner, right? The person that you're interested in. Rather than just sitting there chatting. Yeah. When you're I, doing something. Yeah. I think you could do something like bowling when there's no more COVID. <laughs> but yes. Let's, let's, all, do, let's all put parentheses around this. This is when life gets to normal. Yes. So bowling would be good. I wouldn't recommend um, doing any movies. The whole point is to sit there and get to know each other. Well, if you're staring at a screen, you're not really talking, are you? Nope. <laughs> so I would avoid those type of places. You know, you want something that's more high activity, like something that causes a little adrenaline. It it, it causes more attraction. I think there's a study, right? Yeah, the, the bridge experiment. It's basically a study that they took men and they had some walk across a a sturdy bridge. Uh, other men walk across a bridge that is a rickety old one that kind of shakes and feels like you're going to fall over. And when they came around the other side, they basically the study was about their arousal level towards a female. And I won't get into the minutia of the experiment, but what they found was that the men that crossed the rickety old bridge, the one that they felt like they were going to fall over and die, when they came over their arousal level and their attraction to a female was spiked. And what this says, and there's been other studies like it, is if you're doing something like active, that there's adrenaline running and that there may be a little bit of fear, but it doesn't have to be fear, but some kind of like emotional charge, the attraction level goes up for both parties. That's interesting. So if you're doing things like maybe indoor rock climbing or you're going karaoke, and that's a lot of people have fear for that. Absolutely. I had a client, he wanted to do something really creative uh, and he took his date to an escape room. Oh, wow. And he's like, this is gonna show me how she solves problems. Yes. And how we work together. What happened? It actually became a really fun date, and they started dating for a while. Yeah, he didn't marry her; he but married still. somebody else. But that was a real—he told me it was one of the best dates he's ever been on because of the uh, interaction they had as a team. Yeah, yeah, and I think the being able to get to know someone the way they think, yeah, and all that—that's so important. And look, let's be clear. 
we're talking about first dates, but this can be the third or the fourth or the fifth date. The idea is to get to know someone outside of just doing dinners. That's what we're basically saying. All right, let's talk about a few other things. First impressions are so important. What's your take on first impressions for your clients? You have to dress for success, right? Like you would to go to a job interview, you want to represent the best side of you. And you don't want to be too overdressed and you don't want to be too underdressed. Well, know the date. If you're going to an escape room, you know you don't wear a tuxedo and and an evening dress. But if you're going to a ball, you would. Yeah. Right? So you want to dress for the occasion. Yes, you definitely want to dress for the occasion. All right, let's talk about body language on a first date. Now, obviously, I did horrible on my body language test for our first date because I was <laughs> arms crossed and overall anger posture. In general, what is a good body language on a first date look like? Yeah, good eye contact, right? You know, when you're speaking, you want to look at each other. Now, you don't want to be staring at the person. You do want to give them a little break. So look away or blink or whatever. Yeah, a thousand yard death stare yeah. on your first date. <laughs> that might be creepy. But you definitely do want to make good eye contact. You want to smile. You want to position your body if you're interested in the person, your knees, your feet, and your actual body towards the person. And as you're more interested in them, lean in. You know, it shows the body language of I'm interested. I want to get to know you more. And of course, flirting is really important. Women, you know, I know when a a woman is interested in a man because I see her flip her hair a lot. Your body language should show that you're positive, you're open, that you're interested. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, let's move on to um, non-negotiables. I know these are a big part of your program and they come into play on first dates, especially if you have your list, because you can use them immediately to weed out the bad ones, especially. Um, and, you know, sometimes people can, they can hide who they are, but with your non-negotiables, it's much harder. Yeah, and I think most of us, when we do these first dates, we're so focused on interest and hobbies. We don't get into those deeper questions because maybe we're fearful of maybe assuming the person doesn't want us the way we want them, we don't want to be rejected. Here's my deal. I really think you need to get clear about your values, your non-negotiables. They're called your deal breakers, okay, in relationships. And they're like having a family, you know, wanting someone financially responsible, somebody that is ambitious, and, and they're subjective because all of those things mean different things to different people. So they're not type, they're not height, they're not eye color, they're not what kind of car the person drives. Yeah, it's not the physical or or superficial attributes of a person. It's more of their core values and their soul. And so the important part of knowing that upfront is that when you're sitting there on your date, you're being intentional, purposeful about the date. And you're having fun, you're laughing, you're talking about those fun topics, and then you sprinkle in a little bit at some of the deeper questions. Like if you had anything you could do in life and you couldn't fail, what would you do? That's deep. You don't want to ask closed-end questions like, do you want a family? And they just say yes. Yeah. Do you want a commitment? And they say yes, because they just are trying to win you over. And that's the thing. So many people on first dates, they literally will tell you exactly what they want to hear. You know, are you close with your family? Yes. I mean, even when people aren't, it's a lot to explain if you're not, right? But that's why the open-ended questions are so powerful. Instead of, are you close with your family? It's more of, tell me about your relationship with your family. Yeah. 
What does that look like? Yeah. What do you like or dislike? I mean, really get into it deep. Here's the deal. So when you're going to ask questions, use your non-negotiables to develop those questions. My clients usually have about 10 to 15 of them. They're like, I want a family, someone financially responsible, somebody that is close to their family, and then develop like questions for those deal breakers that you have, right? And ask them, use about two questions per day. Two, okay, that makes sense. So after you ask your question, listen, and actually ask second, third level questions. Don't just bring yourself in right away, because what we're trying to do is get into the person's belief system, their values, who they really are. And if you jump in and start talking about yourself, you're not going to learn enough information. Yeah, I always felt like good dates were like a tennis match. They were bouncing back and forth, the questions, answers, and stuff like that. I know I remember going on a first date. She was a, a violinist. I mean, she was really pretty and like artsy and all that. And I swear to God, she never asked me one question in the hour and a half. Yes, this is a two-way street. You know, you want to make sure that you both are engaging with each other. I always say, if you're going on that first date and you're noticing the whole entire conversation is about the person you're dating, they ask you zero questions, that's going to be your relationship with that person. Absolutely. Because if they're doing that on a first date, that's who they are. It goes downhill after that. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's talk about being the chooser, Amy. What is that and how does it play into first dates? Yeah, so when we're talking about what questions to ask, non-negotiables, being the chooser is the attitude of using the information you gather when you're actively listening and getting the answers. So if that person doesn't meet a non-negotiable that you have, one of them, just one, then the relationship won't work. So there's no point in going on a second date. But I think a lot of daters out there want to give a person a chance, especially if they're cute and they have fun together. Yeah, but if your non-negotiables are not met, okay? Now, having a kid, if somebody said, maybe I can understand you prolonging maybe a little time to see what the answer would be later. But on the first date, for example, if financial security is important to you and this person doesn't believe in financial security they live day by day on the whim doesn't matter how cute he is or how cute she is it ain't going to work your values do not align there there's going to be so much fighting and conflict you might as well not even enter that relationship what are some of the other rules that you have for your clients a two drink max yeah yeah you don't want to get bombed no and you want to drink water in between because you're there to be intentional and purposeful. You're trying to find a future partner, not a buddy you can go drinking with. I know. There's a lot of people, they use the the nerves excuse, and they're like, oh, I drank a bunch because I was so nervous. But that's just not smart because then you end up you end up making choices that you might not ordinarily make. Like, yeah, dangerous choices like too. Like having sex on the first date, which... Yep. By the way, I'm all for at the time. I was all for sex on the first date. Didn't always mean there'd be a second date. So I guess what's the what's your rules for sex on the first date? Now, I'm not a perfect person. I have had sex on the first date in the past. But I remember as I was working on myself is that I needed better boundaries. I need to have more self-regulation. So I think when it comes to sex... I get emotionally attached too too soon, too quick, knowing myself. And if you're one of those people, 
don't do it. Yeah. Take your time to get to know someone and, and build a bond with them that's more of a like a heart connection rather than just the chemistry. So you want to use that first date to screen someone and make sure they're a good fit for you before you even engage in anything that is sexual. All right, Amy, uh, let's do the takeaways. So Amy, please take it away. Takeaway number one, master your mindset. Before you go out, make sure you're dating with a purpose. It isn't about finding a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's about really finding a life partner. So takeaway number two is date safely. Create strong boundaries for yourself. Know what you're okay and not okay with. And again, don't over drink on your first date two drinks max and then don't let somebody come to your home right away meet them at a public place so that you can like i did the hotel fig so that you can keep safety for yourself takeaway number three know your non-negotiables these are your deal breakers in relationships again my clients have about 10 to 15 of them arm yourself with questions to ask the person in front of you and just do about two questions per date And finally, takeaway number four, be the chooser, not the chaser. Sit there and vet the person to make sure they're a good fit for you. If you're vulnerable, like, you know, I was vulnerable with Kevin and if he was judging me and making me feel small or making me feel stupid, then I would vet him right out of my life and say he's not a good fit. I choose people that accept me fully the way I accept myself. If you're struggling with online dating and you don't know where to start, I'm here to help you. The important thing here is that there are resources and tools. And I have a program called How to Conquer Online Dating. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, use the coupon podcast to get 50% off the program. Go to amythedatingcoach.com and you'll find all the information there. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. Uh, As always, if you like the show, please give us a five-star review and hit the subscribe button. We thank you very much for listening. Thank you and bye. Bye.